So, Molly. Yes. This is our special bonus episode. It is our special bonus episode. Uh, we wanted to release this during the Christmas break, but uh, we have the logistic skills of a Belgian railroad worker. Yeah. Um, so, so we didn't. So we didn't. It's after Christmas. Uh, so it's after Christmas. So uh, we are just going to release it on a random January day. And what is this uh, What is this bonus episode? So uh, what we did is I prepared some cue cards for you and Gordon. Um, and I showed it to you and it's all related to some Dutch popular culture or history. It's also a little bit food related sometimes. Uh, and you were, you were just going to have to answer me and uh, explain what these cards were. And you didn't have any idea. No, it was very confusing. It was very confusing. And we did this as a special bonus episode for everyone who gave us money on Patreon. So if you back us on Patreon, we put out some special bonus content. And if you don't back us on Patreon six or so months just later, maybe we'll release those episodes to you for the general public. Yeah. So this was the initially the Patreon bonus episode during the summer. Yep. Then we wanted to make it a, a normal bonus episode for the Christmas break. Which didn't go through. We failed. We failed. So now it's just... Now you can have it as a bonus pre-Valentine's Day <laughs> yeah. special. Let's make it that. Enjoy. Enjoy. Gordon, get in yeah. here. Come on. I'm here. You're not oh, in here and I can't here. close the goddamn things until you're here. Welcome to the summer special edition of the Dutch News Podcast, uh, especially made for you, our very beloved patrons, mm-hmm. um, all 19 of them. Yes, and uh, or perhaps there will be 19- more by the time that... Uh, Maybe more, yeah, who knows, this. who knows. So. I can't believe 19 people have parted with their hard-earned money. Too. And we didn't have to twist their arms or put anything through a letterbox. I mean, that's amazing. not entirely true. Okay, well, I don't know what you did, Molly. Yeah, we're not going to ask. But uh, anyway, thank you to those people. Yes, thank you. Thank you for giving us your money so we can yes. keep doing this podcast. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we thought uh, we must do something special uh, for you. So here is the special summer episode uh, in which I will torture both Gordon and Molly. Yes. Mm. Especially for you. Yes. yes. But not Truby. Not Truby, no. no. Truby, no. Truby's lovely. No. So what is the idea? So the idea was we we had done an article on Dutch news about the Dutch canon, mm. so the like fifty objects of. Dutch is that an English word actually? Yeah. Yes, yeah? it is. Oh. Yeah. Um, so the fifty objects of Dutch history. So I said, you know, what would be fun to do for the the summer special edition, because we were looking for something that wasn't super topical. Was uh, you know have Paul make some flashcards of these canon icons and then yeah. quiz Gordon and I as to what they are. Yeah. So this was what we had come up with, and then Paul went. Off the rails. You don't know that yet, but I I assured I I did. I am. I am. We kind of guessed. I am one hundred percent sure that you did not listen. So I have no idea what we're going to be doing, Paul. Maybe you should tell us. But it's it's basically kind of sort of flash inbuchingstuts or something. Yes, exactly. That is uh, that is what I did. I prepared a couple of them. um, uh, What I think are essential parts of Dutch culture and okay. Dutch popular culture, Dutch history. There is some history there as well. Right. So I'm going to throw the flashcards in your face and you're just going to 
tell me what it is about or what uh, you think I, it's about. Or... Are you going to throw it in the same way that you would throw a paper note at a small child? <laughs> <laughs> it, it might hurt just as, just <laughs> as much. Just yeah. the person who does the worst on this gets stuck in a sack and beaten and taken to Spain. <laughs> uh, a, a country of your choice. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, but Very you will small. be beaten. A country, yeah, not a country of your choice, so it won't, no. be, won't be Belgium. No. Uh, <laughs> maybe Luxembourg. But we will be uh, putting these images together in something so that we can include it in the liner notes for yeah, the podcast so, you can, so uh, that you can follow so you along can follow at home. It. Yes. yes. So, here we go. Let's go. The Let's first one is an easy one. Okay. So okay. just to, you know... It's a warm-up. Just a a warm-up, warm basically. Yeah. So, what is this? Oh. Uh, it is a... Now, this, yeah, this is a Victor's thing that you always get through your letterbox, yeah, even when you're actually at home. It's, it's the we missed your um, yes. delivery exactly. uh, note yes. from Postanel. Yes. Postanel, yes. that's, the, that's the number one uh, postal. I feel this is a pretty inaccurate one, though, because all the ones that I get... So on this one, you can actually read the handwriting. <laughs> yes, exactly. But on the ones that, that I too. get, you yeah. can't read any of the yeah. handwriting. Yeah. I do um, notice they haven't ticked any of the boxes. No, the choice no. of like 20, 200 boxes down the left, they never actually uh, No, they never actually any fill them. any yeah. of them. Can you read what it says? Pakketje door de raam gegooid. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, package has been thrown through the window. Yes, of course. Exactly. If you have ever ordered something online in the Netherlands, then you will inevitably have ended up with one of these notes in your mailbox. It's indeed one of the PostNL notes, which will tell you what you can do in order to still get your package uh, and you will get one of these uh, in your mailbox uh, even though you've been at home specifically yeah. waiting for this package uh, and it will tell you what you can do in order to uh, to to still you know get your package so or yeah, not. sometime or, or not, not so, sometimes it's delivered one at one of your neighbors you yeah. don't you're not obliged to accept one of the your neighbors packages. no no yeah this is important because if you work from home you you end up the, the you get all the like, packages yeah, after a while the the, the the delivery guy works out that you're the guy who works from home yeah. so it just comes straight to your door yeah all of, we have we always get all the packages on the street because i'm all, i'm usually working from home yeah so but you, i didn't know that you could refuse them yes. until many years after i had lived here and then i discovered this power and now whenever i'm in a terrible mood <laughs> I refuse the packages. Although now that we live on a really lovely street with really lovely neighbors, I always accept their packages. Oh. But only from our street. I'm not taking any of the nonsense. No, 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 no. So that's very important. And because you didn't know, we are telling you now that yes. you don't have to uh, accept them. And also there's always some recurring opeth about one of these little notes. Yeah. Uh, because once in every three months, someone um, gets one of these. It says the, the package has been thrown through the window yeah. or it has been thrown on the balcony or yeah. in your yeah. trash can or whatever. So there's always some recurring opeth. Yeah. Was there not somebody who had one thrown through the window and it was actually the toilet window and the package ended up in the toilet? <laughs> I believe. It's always something That's like so this will happen. Or it is a very um, uh, fragile package or something yes. and then it's and got it, thrown on the, on the balcony. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, this is one of um, uh, uh, it's always uh, it always results in some yeah. fun opeth. Yeah. Do we want to hear a fun post and packing slip slash Truby story? Of course, yeah, sure. So uh, Truby does not uh, like most people in this country. We have sort of just like a mail slot in the door, and mm-hmm. the mail just kind of lands on the floor. Yeah. Um, and Truby does not bother any of the actual mail, like <laughs> letters, all magazines, all that newspapers find. Post and packing slips, he shreds up into a million pieces. It's probably the orange. It's I don't yeah. know what it, it is. It about gives him them. orange mania. Maybe it's a QR code. He Maybe, like that, yeah. but it's very annoying because if your package gets delivered to your neighbors or something, of course they don't ask you for the packing slip. They know who you are. But if it gets delivered to like a, a store, a you have yeah. to take you know yes. your slip in. And I have had to go. <clears throat> 
on more than one occasion to the copy shop around the corner with a little Ziploc bag full of all of my little post and L packing slip pieces and try to convince the kid that's there that he should give me the, because the dog the ate packs, it. Because yeah. the dog is, ate it, it. Is this your version of the MH17 investigation? Where you have to put, <laughs> yes. the, you have to put the, the, the car back together in the exactly same way they correct. rebuilt the plane. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. And blame Russia. Not of course dog. I blame Russia. Yeah. Yeah, it's put, all Putin's fault. Yeah, it's all Putin's yeah. fault. Okay, let's go to the next one. This one is also an easy one, okay. I think. Yes. Oh, of ah. course. Of course this photo is in there. So it's a photo of a, a very dapper-looking bus driver. Yes. Uh, <laughs> in, in a high-vis vest. In a high-vis vest. Yeah. Uh, I believe this is the esteemed Fred Taven, mm. who yes. is a former Day politician who yes. got caught up in the Bonnich's affair, was yes. forced to resign, yeah. and then became a bus driver. Yeah. Yes. One of three politicians had to resign Four. as a result. Four. Four. Sorry, three ministers and uh, a chairman uh, yeah. of the, uh, the trade Karma had to resign because of the over the Bonnich's affair. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, so because we talk so much about him, I thought let's give our patrons, uh, uh, if you don't know him, let's talk about the Bonnich's affair the Bonnich's and what, affair. It, yeah. what it actually is. It is yes. the best Dutch scandal. It is the, most, the most quintessential Dutch it really scandal is, of it's all utterly, time. It's really boring. It's incredibly bureaucratic and it managed to bring down like four government officials. Yes. And it involves drug criminals. And, and it involves drug, drug criminals. criminals. Yes. Yeah. So I think I'm going to I'm going to attempt to reconstruct the Bonnish's affair. Okay. You can tell me what I'm wrong yeah. about. So basically, back in the day, there was a drug lord, drug criminal, drug dealer, um, and he got arrested by the government and they confiscated a bunch of his money. Um, and then it turned out that they didn't have enough evidence or they couldn't prove that he had been that sort of drugs criminal. So he wanted his money back. Um, and so the, the prosecutor at the time, who happened to be Fred Taven, um, arranged for this money to be returned to this drug dealer, which caused some sort of alpef because people were saying, well, clearly... It but was in exchange for information about his criminal activities, yes. because he, in a very strange... A turn of events, he acknowledged that he was involved in criminal uh, yeah. activities by providing this information, this information, but he wasn't really convicted. Yes. Yeah. And uh, a number of people involved in this went on to become ministers and, and important people in, on, mm -hmm. national, on national but, but politics the, level. But the thing here is, this money was criminal money, it yeah. was confiscated by the government, yeah. and it was returned to this criminal, but... You know, it was basically whitewashed. Yeah. It was, it was, it was yeah. laundered. Yeah. Exactly, yeah, with, by the government. By the, the, government. Yes. the government. Yeah, because yeah. now it's legal money, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 But so in exchange yes, for yes, crucial yes. witness information. But of course, but, but we never found out what the information was because and it was what all the amount uh, of money. Was. Yeah. That's the other crucial thing. We didn't know how much money it was. And when Fred Taven was asked in Parliament about how much money do we pay back to this criminal, he said, I don't know. And then they said, Can you f uh, provide a receipt? And he said, No, the receipt's been lost. And he gave a sort of rough figure of how much uh, he remembered it being. And he said there's no receipt there's no receipt anywhere and of course they went for a hunt for the receipt and it turned out the receipt did exist and when they found it it was about twice as the sum was about twice as big as Fred Taven had originally said but who it was a, it was a newspaper that found this it was I think News Year yes the late night news program yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it wasn't really exactly how that went oh, okay. right. because Fred Taven was a public prosecutor when he got this deal so in that capacity he couldn't disclose yeah, any is, of that yeah. information mm. the, the, when this news emerged about this the amount of money that was you know uh, transferred to this criminal but it was said it was two and a half uh, 1.25 million euros uh, mm -hmm. that was some journalist found that out um, and the justice minister who was responsible for that was Ivo Opstelter yes. and he said uh, no we have no way of knowing how much money this is because um, uh, it's lost in the archives we yeah. cannot find the Bonnetje the Bonnetje mm -hmm. 
what he could have done was ask Fred Tever, who was personally involved in this deal, mm. how much money is and it? And who was his deputy junior minister at the time. Exactly. Yes, yeah. But in his capacity as a prosecutor, he couldn't disclose it officially. So mm-hmm. he probably told him personally, but he couldn't to- uh, tell anyone uh, officially how much money it was. So we had this really strange thing about yeah. a minister who said we we have no way of knowing what money it is. And another politician who exactly knew how much money it was, who couldn't say anything. Yeah. So, but then um, Nieuwsuur found the Bonnetje. Yes. The Bonnetje. The yes. Bonnetje. The crucial Bonnetje. The crucial yeah. Bonnetje. It turned out to be around 5 million euros that was oh. transferred yeah. to, to, almost to the criminal. almost five times as much. Exactly. So, uh, after this, Nieuwsuur made this revelation, the Justice uh, Ministry went back into the archives to find mm. the actual receipt. They yes. found it. Yeah. And at that point, Ivo Obstelter resigned because he lied. He misinformed Parliament yeah. by yeah. saying he couldn't find... Uh, mm-hmm. the, the bullet was untraceable yeah. so and because he resigned Fred Tafer also resigned because otherwise <laughs> yes. it would have been even weirder than yeah. that he uh, he was left as justice minister left yeah. as justice minister yeah. um, so the successor of Ivo Obstelter mm. was Art van der Steur yes. another favorite day politician uh, and he also had to resign yes. when now he was that was to do with uh, the uh, a press release was it not uh, that was uh, issued around about the time yeah, the, the Bonnetier was. Uh, they, were, they were looking for the Bonnetier, and it turned out Ad van der Steur, who of course was a member of Parliament at the time, but not a minister, was assisting um, Eva Obstelton, who was the Justice Minister, and that, that of course goes against the whole very strict rules about separation of powers and how the executive and the legislature should not get involved in each other's affairs. So yes. van der Steur had to resign. Yeah, so yeah. Ad van der Steur he helped write this press release, yeah. but also uh, knew the exact number of money that was transferred to yeah. it, so he yeah. had this information and he didn't disclose it to his other MPs whose task mm-hmm. it is to you know check the government um, so because he yeah he denied uh, the Tweede Kamer of doing this he basically had to resign as well and then we have this fourth yes. Yes. politician what, why did she have to resign do we do we know that no. it has to do with the shredder I don't remember mm, she was I think the chairman of the Tweede Kamer at the time yeah. and she was a Fefe Day politician I as cannot well. remember these are all Fefe Day politicians yeah they're all Fefe Day politicians yeah um, although obviously as chairman she was officially neutral in parliament but she was from the Fefe Day originally uh, I've forgotten her name uh, Anushka van Miltenburg Anushka van Miltenburg yeah. yes awful name yeah. very yeah. awful name yeah. um, there was a um, uh, an official government a ministerial official who um, uh, was tasked in retrieving this bonnetje and apparently he was told from upstairs that he mm. had to stop looking for it or stop doing a, such a good job. <laughs> yes, stop uh, doing his job properly, basically. And what he did he, was he wrote a letter to uh, Van Miltenburg mm-hmm. saying that, you know, everything that happened. So he thought there is a cover-up going on yeah. yes. and I'm going to inform Parliament about this, this cover-up, cover-up. Yeah. and, you know, they, then they can decide what to do. Yeah. But uh, f- there is some sort of protocol that says whenever a letter is received by the Tweede Kamer and it is an anonymous letter, mm-hmm. then it cannot be, they cannot do, they anything, do anything with, with it. it. Yeah. So Anushka van Miltenburg, she wrote the letter, she uh, read the letter, she saw that it was not signed, it was mm-hmm. anonymous, so she had to uh, put it through the shredder. Right. But because she is also a favorite day politician, mm-hmm. it seemed very convenient yeah. that yeah. this was happened to be an anonymous letter. So when this emerged, uh, she, she also, also had to resign. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So excellent. The Bonnetjes affair. Yeah. I still hope for a revival of it. I think yeah. every time there is a new favorite day politician uh, assigned, especially in the justice ministry, yeah. you're exactly. Like, oh. I I always yeah. hope. Uh, you think what's his link to the Bonnetjes affair? Yeah. Th- there must be a link somehow. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. And Fred Taven, why is Fred Taven driving a bus? We should point there. We should uh, he quite explain likes driving that as well. Bus. He likes driving the bus. Since he's resigned as an uh, as a member of parliament, he's he's, he's uh, um, taken up a job as a bus driver. Yes. Is it in Harlem? I and think. he Harlem. enjoys it. Yeah. 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 And yeah, he loves it. And he enjoys being. He's, he's often occasionally interviewed in like the Ade or um, Telegraph about his new life and how much he enjoys driving buses. Yeah. And I think yeah. he, he, he looks like the perfect bus driver. He does. Yeah, he does look like he has got a bus, bus driver, driver face, doesn't That's he? True. Yeah. yeah. All right, what's next? We've had two easy ones. They're starting to get a little bit harder. Ooh. Oh, I know what this is. Right. I know what it is. But does Gordon know? Does Gordon know? This is a good question. Um, well, it's obviously a uh, a wheel with the signs of the zodiac and the months of the year. What um, could it be? Written around it. It's some. It looks like some kind of thing for calibrating or sort of calculating the seasons or the... Uh, arrangement of the planets or Molly. Molly, the months of the year or date of Easter is. something like it's that the, I, don't know. <laughs> I don't know exactly if I remember what it's called but basically in Friesland this crazy guy built a, a planetarium essentially ah. in his living room ceiling much to the chagrin of his wife who also had to live there and now they've turned this all into a museum it's in um Franeker. Franeker. Yeah. He's not a crazy guy. He wasn't a crazy guy. His he name built, is Crazy Doe. He built a planetarium on the ceiling of his living room at a time yes. when people lived in like one single room, Paul. By definition, crazy. <laughs> his name is Crazy. I yes. will give you that. Right. It's Icing, a good Icing, Icinga. 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 So his first Icinga. name is Icing. Right. His last name is Icinga. Excellent. He was born in 1744 uh, in a family of wool merchants, and he was a mathematical genius. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, He self-taught himself in geography, physics, and astrology as well. And apparently at that time, it was really fashionable, specifically in Friesland, to self-educate yourself. So there were a lot of people who just, you know, apparently they could read and write, so they just bought books about various topics, and they just auto-detected themselves. So that's I I thought it was a very fun uh, fun fact. Interesting. He wrote his first math book at the age of 16. Okay, he might be crazy. He's yeah, crazy. He's, awesome. he's autistic. Isn't he? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, even though Franeke had a university, he didn't attend it. No. So he yeah. just basically self-taught himself. The university's nickname was the Zuip Academie, the Drinking Academy. <laughs> drinking, drinking Academy, yes. Academy. Um, and why did this Isinga guy decided to build this planetary? He got really drunk. He got really <laughs> drunk, might be. No, there was some priest in 1774 who claimed that the apocalypse was near. Ah. Um, and um, he basically said the sign of, of this apocalypse is that there some sort of plan, a number of planets were aligned or whatever. Yeah. There was a conjunction, as he right. called it. And um, uh, so there was a lot of ophef about that in the Netherlands at that time because yeah. people actually thought that the world we was going to end. Yes. And Eisinga listened to this news and he said, this is bullshit. And I'm going to build a planetary to prove that there isn't such thing as this conjunction that mm-hmm. he's talking about. So that's why he started to build this planetary uh, in his living so room. So he was basically fact-checking the apocalypse exactly. on his, on his uh, yeah. living room ceiling. Yes. Yeah. It took him eight years to build it. <laughs> With the help of his father, uh, he made all the gears and stuff like yeah. that. But Eisinga yeah. uh, uh, himself, he um, he designed the, the whole uh, system and mm. the mechanism. Um and he had to prove he had to promise his wife specifically that he would never expand the planetary. Yeah. So he designed it <laughs> and it should keep it should stay as it was. And that's very unfortunate because uh, There's a, a couple of planets missing. 
A year before yeah. he finished this planetary, uh, Uranus was discovered. Yeah. Oh. So he couldn't include it in his... Yeah. Um, he must have been really upset about yes. the discovery of Uranus. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it became an immediate hit. Mm-hmm. A lot of people came uh, uh, from all to over the country it, yeah. to, to come to look at it. And also yeah. a lot of dignitaries. And uh, it's still there. You can yeah. still visit you can, it. You should go. It's a cool uh, It's a cool thing to go see. And it's still yeah. working. So yeah. that's... Uh, it's still work, the, the wheels actually turn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you can see all of the like gear work and stuff. It's quite cool. Do you like pull levers and all that kind of stuff? Someone does. I mean, yeah, it's um, a pendulum. It's uh, okay. a pendulum. Wow. And um, uh, he also took uh, uh, into account the uh, what's schrikkeljaar? Yes, a leap year. A leap year. Yeah, yeah, he also uh, took that into account. So, yeah. um, 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 wow. So that's very. So yeah, it's, it's, still quite, it's apparently quite accurate. Yeah. yeah. So very nice yeah. in Friesland, Franeke. Oh. Let's go. Let's All move right. on. It's number four. Ooh, now this is something in... That looks like Scheveningen to me. I was going to say, that's... Yes, oh, I know what this is. Uh, okay. is it, Gordon uh, should know it too. I should know it. Um, it's not the cool house, because it's, it's, more, it's, a, it's a more modern flat in Scheveningen everyone hates and they want to knock down. Yep. Is there anything more specific no, than that? No, no, no. It's not in Scheveningen. It's in The Hague, though. It's in The Hague. I can oh, give you Oh, maybe I don't is know it what the it old, is. is it, no, it's not the old International Criminal Court, no. It's, um, can I uh, can I make my guess? I'm yeah. Is it where Alexander Pechtold's... Uh, Scandal ah. is. No, it's no. not. It's okay. not. I said it's not in Scheveningen. Yeah, I'm looking at the slope, so it's got to be somewhere. Mm. Uh, no, it's the old building of the uh, Foreign Office. Ah, yes. Ah. Next door. Yes. Okay. The Hague Central yes. Station. Yes. Yeah. Um, We're not allowed to dance. Yeah. Yeah. No. Well, no. That's, <laughs> no, that's, that's the new building. That's a new building. This yes, building. New building. This building yeah. is so solidly built, you can dance yeah. on the yeah, everything with the anywhere you want. This building is empty now, but it won't be for long. That's your hint. Uh, is uh, Princess Beatrix moving in there? <laughs> They're going to put solar panels on the roof. <laughs> oh, they might be. I don't mm. know. Um, it's going to be... Uh, this, so an- another ministry is moving in? Mm, um, sort of, sort of. Mark yes, Rufus there is one ministry. Oh, it's a Trader Karma relocation. Yes, there, exactly. T- temporarily, yes. yes. Ah, okay. Because, because they're, they're, they're renovating the Trader Karma and they all have to move out. So yes. this is going to be their temporary home. Exactly. Right, gotcha. okay. Yes. Yeah. Um, the Binnenhof complex in The Hague, where the Tweede Kamer and also the Senate as well and mm-hmm. uh, the, uh, the the Prime Minister office are located. Uh, that complex is very old. It's mm-hmm. it's it's uh, at the oldest part is uh, from the 13th century, if yeah. I remember correctly. Well, the Tweede Kamer, Tweede Kamer itself is more is much more modern. Yeah, it's it, so. was built in 1992. Yeah, it's also very ugly. It is very ugly, yes. But um, but this building is a monstrosity. It's, yes, it's, it's, it really it's, is. It's awful. It's ridiculously ugly. Basically, yes. yeah. Um, it's like a Gaudi church was built by the Soviets. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. It's yeah. this. The nickname of this building is the Monkey Rock. Yeah, I can yeah. see why. I can see why. Yeah, it's got all these sort of weird sort of things mm. jutting out. Yeah. And, um, you know, extraneous balconies and lift shafts and yeah. various things. But Parliament's going to be lo- relocating there temporarily. Yes, because uh, the Binnenhof is renovated. Uh, th- its slogan is uh, uh, um, sober maar doelmatig. How would you, how would you describe that? Um, um, dull but effective. Dull yeah. but effective, something <laughs> yeah. like that. Yeah, so the whole complex, the Binnenhof complex, will be renovated. They will do it in, in one go. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. uh, first, there was a talk of uh, maybe we should first do one part and then another one and another one but yeah. will, that will take so long that they would have just have decided that everyone everyone yeah. has to move out to this building and then uh, they're gonna, gonna renovate it i'd have loved to have been in on the fefe a meeting that yeah. <laughs> and how long do they expect the renovations to take Paul? five years and that also means that uh for example budget day has to be held somewhere else the, yeah. uh, ah, yes. the, the speech of the throne right. um 
I, I'm not sure where they lose the throne. I mean, they they the, the, throne. The, yeah. the, the king could stand like right there. There's yeah. plenty of balconies. <laughs> yeah. balconies. That is one thing that's not short yeah. of his balconies. Yes. Yeah. And uh, in the in the basement of this building, um, uh, they plan to to put the Tweede Kamer as it is now. They're just mm-hmm. gonna move it in its entirety and they put it in the basement right. of this room, of this building. Uh, so, but this renovation it already caused a lot of upheaval. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. uh, its slogan is, or ten, at least that's what the government wants. They want to do it dull but efficient. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, if you look at the the Binnenhof, it's a beautiful complex yeah. and mm. it, it hasn't become that beautiful with yeah. this slogan in By mind being dull. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's a renovation they're not going to build something new so mm. uh, yeah that might be uh, the reason why they uh, they want to go um, with this slogan yeah uh, but instead of you know uh, hiring an architect who just does the renovation they hired someone from the world famous uh, architecture firm OMA mm. oh, yeah. Kohlhaas, mm-hmm. who isn't really known for doing something practical dull, buildings. practical yeah. Yeah. and subtle yeah. and uh, efficient. So this architect that they hired, um, uh, this lady, she had all sorts of plans with the, with the Binnenhof complex. Mm-hmm. And when she presented her initial concept to uh, Kadish Arip and to other uh, people uh, that are in charge there, they really didn't like what she was going to, what she plans on doing with the Binnenhof. Right. For example, it included a tropical garden Okay. okay. Right. Uh, and yeah. which was which was uh, no <laughs> absurd. go, yeah. absurd, <laughs> indeed absurd. So um, uh, uh, she had to go. Yeah. Mm. This architect. So they fired her already. So there is al- al- so already a lot of already a lot of extra costs in terms of uh, compensation for people who've been dismissed. Yeah. Probably. For being yes. Hopeless. I wonder if they yeah. kept the bonnet. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, but there are a lot of parties involved in this renovation and uh, they are already fighting about uh, what they want and what they don't want. Yeah. Um, and they called in Alexander Pechtold as a... Of course uh, they did. They, of course they did. Because he, a... he knows all about apartment buildings. Yes, yeah. uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, so they called him in to sort of streamline and oversee and sort of mediate between right. all these parties. Okay. So it has, the, the renovation hasn't even started yet and it will <laughs> definitely take longer than five years yeah. and it will definitely go over budget. And so it will definitely cause enormous amounts of op yep. Exactly. Yeah, so rolling op We have a lot of years to look forward. Uh, yes. Well, at least maybe then the uh, op generator of the Dutch News Podcast will no longer be Cherry Day, but will instead be the uh, Binnenhof I've renovation. I've got a funny feeling that given this is about architecture, Cherry Day uh, will pop up with the, the occasional comment about it just imagine <laughs> Thierry Baudin working in this building <laughs> I, I think I he enjoy w- the suffering uh, that he will have to yes, endure every exactly. day to show up yeah, yeah. alright what's next Ooh, now we have a tulip. That's a tulip. A speckled, a stripy tulip. Yes, that's your hint. It's that's the, the infected tulip. It's the infected tulip. It's an infected the, uh, tulip. It's yeah. an infected tulip. It's how the, the tulip the bubble, bubble happened. Bubble happens. Yeah. It's because these tulips, they were infected and they had stripes and everybody wanted yeah. the stripes. Yeah, these lovely, stupid, large, stripy tulips, they were very much in demand. Nobody could cultivate them. Nobody knew how the stripes occurred. So It's a virus, right? It is a virus, yeah. yes. My tulips in my um, tulips in, my, in, in my boxes have, have this virus. Yeah, so they were lovely and beautiful and stripy, but also very sick. <laughs> and they won't come back. They only they will on. come oh, back, will but they? They, yeah, but only for a couple of years, yeah. and they, they will gradually degenerate now. Mm. So even even actually this year, you can see that the stems are a bit crooked and yeah. a bit shorter. And next year it'll be worse. And after about three or four years, they'll just they'll just be dead. Yeah. So indeed, yeah. this is about the tulpen mania. It's yeah. the mm-hmm. uh, it, it happened in uh, th- 1637, and it was the first recorded speculative bubble. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it's in the 1600s, uh, collect, collecting tulips was very fashionable and popular by the rich and powerful. In the, not only the Netherlands, but also in France, because it was very fashionable for French nobility, no, noble ladies to uh, carry a tulip bulb in their between their breasts. Okay. I read that and I didn't know why they did it, but the French are weird. Th they are. As you said, Gordon, the most popular tulips uh, for collecting in, in the Netherlands were these uh, virus infected, or uh, we know now are virus yes. infected uh, tulips. Yeah. Um, uh, we didn't know that till about the 20th century, I think. It took yes. a long time to, uh, to pin, pin that down. Yeah, and yeah. these were very rare, and this yeah. virus uh, caused all sort of stripes and flame like streaks, uh, and that gave these tulips an even more exotic look so mm -hmm. that's why they were so popular uh, and tulips grow in seven years so uh, as these tulips became more and more popular traders would already buy tulips as they yeah. were growing uh, so they didn't really know what they were buying and mm -hmm. because you know they wanted to make money they were selling these uh, bulbs as they were growing as well so yeah. uh, it, it this created a sort of speculative uh, market a, yeah. a fu future futures market, futures market. market yeah. Um, as well, and um, yeah, in 1637, this this reached its its peak. Yep. Um, some single tulip bulbs were sold for more than uh, 4,200 guilders, yeah. uh, more than 10 10 times the yearly salary of a skilled uh, crafts worker. Yeah. Uh, some were even more valuable than a canal house in Amsterdam. Mm -hmm. yeah. So if you if you want to a canal house in Amsterdam, yeah. you should you should you sell your some tulips. You yeah. should sell your your tulips. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But it all ended in February 1637 when buyers in Haarlem didn't show up for a routine bulb auction. Mm -hmm. So they were, ha were having an auction and they expected to make a lot of money, yeah. but nobody showed it up. Didn't and then the bubble collapsed. It burst. Yeah. Yeah. It burst. Yeah. Uh, and this, causing, uh, this caused chaos among traders. Um, the price had fallen dramatically overnight, basically. Yeah. Uh, and sellers uh, only found out at that point of time that mm -hmm. uh, they had sold their bulbs to people who didn't have the money so yeah yeah they're ruined uh, and they were ruined yeah. a lot of money uh, was lost there yeah yeah so it was 17th century bitcoin basically yeah. exactly yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. tulip coin yeah. tulip coin so um never uh buy a tulip or, or bitcoin least, or bitcoin yeah. so the next one this guy this guy gives me the most intense oranje gevoel uh, he's not one of the toppers, is he? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> um, and also not... I'm trying to think where, where, where he is, first of all. I don't know. He's like not in the Netherlands. That's, 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 that's also a hint. That's also a hint. Yeah. Uh, this guy is Abdul Qadir Khan. Okay. You okay. might not know him. No. But no, from now on, you will know him. I'm excited. Because Tell us. He is from Pakistan and he came to the Netherlands as a student in the 70s. Right. Does, does he make the uh, Albert Heijn hamsters? No. So, okay. No, no. Right. That's my last <laughs> He guess. made something else, even <laughs> something even more destructive. Uh, he came to the Netherlands in the 70s uh, to study here at Delft and he did his PhD in um, uh, nuclear physics in uh -huh. uh, Belgium. He uh, worked for a new nuclear institute in the Netherlands and as he was working there a lot of his co-workers uh, thought he was uh, behaving very suspiciously <laughs> they were uh, as they were talking about some random stuff he he would all of a sudden ask about some sort of nuclear um, technology ask information about that and in the uh, in the 70s he went to uh, on holiday in Pakistan mm -hmm. and didn't return okay and from that mo from that point on, Pakistan started to build their atomic bomb. Now he stole nuclear technology, which yeah. was used by Pakistan to, to build, build their bomb. atomic bomb. And Pakistan, in turn, sold this information to countries such as India? North Korea. Yeah. Uh, oh. No, not India. Yeah. Um, 
Iran, mm -hmm. Libya. So whenever there is something about the the atomic bombs in Pakistan or in or Iran in the, or, or in Hummus, North Korea, yeah. uh, it is it's thanks to this guy. Dutch. It's yes. the fault of the Dutch. Yeah. And it, it is the fault of the Dutch because his co-workers were suspicious of this guy. They There was one who, who, who specifically started to befriend him in order to find some counterintelligence on right. this guy. Yeah. Uh, they reported him at their supervisors at this nuclear physics, uh, physics, physics institute. Uh, they reported him at the Secret Service and mm -hmm. they didn't do anything about it. So at, this, at one point he just stole some, some crucial technology yeah. went on holiday to Pakistan, didn't <laughs> return with a briefcase yeah. full of nuclear secrets. And, exactly. Uh, yeah. Wow. And uh, yeah, half the world so now Trump has. Trump is the Dutch's fault. North Korea is the Dutch's fault. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, this is our this is our contribution to geopolitics. Yeah. Uh, Thanks, guys. And, to, and, and to, slavery, yeah. also that. And slavery. And, yes. and, to, and to mutually assured destruction. Yeah. 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 So it's uh, what do you yeah. think are, is is worse, uh, the the North Korean <laughs> nuclear bomb or the uh, Albert Heijn uh, hamsters? I still think the Albert Heijn hamsters. Albert Heijn hamsters. Yeah. Are yes. Bad. Yes. Okay, next. I know what this is. It's a baseball. It's a New York Yankees baseball. New York baseball. Yankees baseball. Exactly. Is this to do with the New York Yankees? No, is it? I was You're already the... there. It's about the. It's the about, it's about where the name of the Yan word Yankees comes oh, from. Oh, okay, yes. And it comes yes. from Jan Case. Yes. And it's because those were very popular names. And so there was a lot of Dutch immigration to, to New the York. Manhattan area yeah. in New York and in general. They, um, yeah. they referred to it as like the Jan Cases, basically. Yeah. yeah, and not in a very nice way. No, it's a no, slur. It's, it's no. derogatory. So it was used as a slur for the Dutch people in. The Dutch uh, immigrants. Uh, Dutch yeah. immigrants. Yeah. And now it's. And, and then it became synonymous for um, New Yorkers. Yeah. And now it's all around the world used yeah. to refer to Americans. Yeah. So I wanted to talk about some Dutch words in the English language. Yes. yes. Because the right. Dutch had a lot of influence on the English language yeah. in a way. Yeah. Unfortunately, this what? I know one. Which one? one? Cookie. Cookie. Yes, yeah. cookie. It comes yeah. from cookie. Yeah. That's not yeah. a. That's not a. That, that, that's a nice contribution. Yeah, that's, that's nice. a nice yeah. contribution. Yeah, lots of skill. Lots of words to do with painting at sketch. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, a lot of uh, easel. Lot easel, of course. Literally, an easel is like a, a wooden. It's called easel, meaning donkey. It's like a wooden frame that looks vaguely like a donkey. All right. So, what have the Dutch contributed to the English language? Uh, as Gordon said, a lot of uh, words has to do with art, but also with uh, a, a lot of uh, naval um, terms yeah. as well. Uh, trade, military, uh, yeah. science as well, and a lot of, uh, uh, for example, uh, inventions that were made in the Dutch Golden Age. Yeah. And also because New York was founded by uh, the Dutch, a lot of these names of, of, of New York uh, boroughs, for example, and cities, can you call them cities? Yeah. So, for example, in uh, New York, you have uh, Brooklyn. Yep. Mm -hmm. That comes from the Dutch city of uh, Breukelen. Yep. Uh, you have Harlem, yes. which uh, mm -hmm. obviously, obviously comes from Harlem. Yeah. And my favorite one, Flushing. Yes. Yes. Which is the English name for Flissingen. Yeah. 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 Yep. So that's a nice one. Uh, so a lot of uh, military uh, terms of, as well. For example, uh, bulwark. Uh, is it bulwark? Bulwark yeah. or yeah. boulevard as well. Yeah. And uh, from art, we have easel. You already said that mm. one. Etch. Oh, yeah. okay. Etching, yeah. Sketch as well. Yeah. Yeah. Sketch. Didn't know that one. And landscape. Yes. Oh, I didn't know that either. Yes. Landschap. Yeah, landschap. In, uh, yeah. in, yeah. in Dutch. Uh, naval terms, uh, a bow. A yeah. bow, bow. Yes, bow. Yeah. Bow. Yeah. Bo and boeg, I think. Yes, yeah. a bow. Uh, boy. Yes, Buoy. Yeah. Buoy. Yeah. B-U-O. Yeah, buoy. Why? Like yes. a thing that floats yeah. in the water. Yeah. Yes. Is like a, yeah. And buoyancy. A cruise. Oh, I didn't ah, know that was Dutch. I didn't know that one. A deck. No. Oh, okay. Deck and years. It's also a deck. Yeah. Uh, freight. Fracht. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
an iceberg. That's my favorite word. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Because in Dutch it is it's basically a mountain of ice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's an iceberg. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. We just call it an iceberg. An iceberg. Yeah. yeah. Keel hauling. Do you know what that is? Oh, yes, I have so heard it, this before. Yes, Kilhorn is when uh, it's, a, it's a punishment from yeah. the uh, times of uh, the uh, uh, from the age of the uh, privateers. Yeah, where effectively, if you're caught like stealing on board a ship or something, they'll basically drag you underneath the ship. Yeah, from, they uh, have, usually from bow to stern. Yeah, and they have a ro- they, they have yeah, a, a, a rope chain, for, yeah. of or chain for yeah. underneath this, the the ship. I yeah. I always wondered how do they get this rope from one side to the other, but apparently they managed to do that. Yeah, and then they would. Uh, bind it on your ankles and they would drag you under yeah. the ship and very often you wouldn't survive You'd pretty there. often die, yeah. You might just about survive one bit of a round, but if you went round again, you were dead. Yeah, <laughs> and yacht is also a... Uh, yes, yacht. Yeah. Yacht. Molly, the word dollar yes, is also I, a Dutch word. I did know this. Yeah. It's from dalder. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it is uh, two guildens and fifty. And this one I learned yesterday and I was really excited about this. The word <laughs> drug is also yeah. a Dutch word. Oh, really? is it now? And it comes from uh, the Dutch word droge vaten. And the English mistakenly assumed that droge vaten referred ah. to the original contents of the That's why barrels. They called them drugs. Yeah. yeah, so they called them drugs. Okay. Ah, yeah, so. interesting. Wow. Okay. And then we have um, a Dutch invention, a pump. It's now a pump, pump. in yes. the Netherlands. Yeah. Yeah. And a smuggler is also a Dutch ah. word. Oh, I did know this. I didn't know yeah. this. Do you know the Dutch word for smuggler? Uh, smuggler. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Good. Very good. Yeah, so uh, you already saw the next one, the I Molly. did see the next one. It's my favorite. Who mm. is it? It's the official podcast's Mas- favorite yes. one. Yes, well, our favorite football manager. Yes, yeah. it is, uh, it's Dick Advocat, yes. who is mm. a famous football manager in the <laughs> Netherlands. And has the become... most successful national team manager of all time. Of all time, yeah. 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 I, as anyone who listens to the podcast regularly knows, I do not care about football, <laughs> but I do think it's very entertaining that your national team manager's name is Dick Lawyer. Because uh, why is that? Uh, because advocaat is last name is advocaat means is a Dutch, means, is a Dutch word for lawyer. Yeah. Yeah. And Dick is well Dick. 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 Yes. Yeah. So I find this extremely entertaining because I have the <laughs> sense of humor of a twelve year old boy. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he's become a bit of the uh, a bit of a I don't know, a, a patron a almost, a mascot. He has, yeah. yeah. Alone yeah. yeah, we've not talked about him so much lately because he's kind of um, retiring, yeah. I think. He's he, he was at No, Utrecht. he will come back. He, he will, will come back, back somewhere. He was at Utrecht last season, yeah. uh, sort of fixing up the place a bit. And then he uh, he stood down in favour of I can't remember who's actually taken over. <laughs> anyway, he's he's not in management next season, but he will probably pop I'm up sure somewhere. Sure, he'll pop yeah. up before somewhere. Then. Yeah, Dick Advocaat was born in 1947 in The Hague, and he started mm. his football career at the local club Ado, where he played for seven years, and that was the longest time he has ever been to mm. one a club. team yes. at one club. Yeah. Uh, he wasn't a r- remarkable football player, no. I think. He wasn't very very good, but uh, he also went to the States, by the way. Mm-hmm. So he played mm-hmm. in San Francisco and Chicago, too. Yeah. Uh, and several other teams in the Netherlands and one in Belgium. In 1981, he started his training career while still being a professional player. Yes. Or at the time, it wasn't. It didn't make that much money, so he also no. had a side job as a, uh, a gym of uh, uh, as a gym f- teacher. Yeah, gym yeah. teacher, f- yeah. physical PE, yeah. PE teacher. PE yeah. teacher. Yeah. yeah. And his brother offered him to coach a local amateur club in Pijnacker. Oh God! Here recently, all places. Here very, That's very, very close nearby, by. Yeah. and quite successfully because the team was unbeaten for sixty-four matches in wow. a row. Wow! And they um, what's promoveren? Promoted. Pr- promoted. Yeah, promoted. They promoted three times wow. in a row. So yeah. th- he was very successful. Yeah. Yeah. And then in nineteen eighty-four, he was unexpectedly appointed as an assistant to the Dutch national team, wow. headed by the legendary Rinus Michel. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's the year nickname... I was born, so I'm feeling even ah, more, yeah, like, even more connected, connected to Dick, Dick Lawyer. And that mm-hmm. was when he 
came into the national spotlight. Right. Yes. Rinus Michel, what was his nickname? He was called the General. And yeah, and w- Avocat is known as the Little General. Yes, yes. because he was short. He's short. He's much shorter. He's yes. Much shorter than anyone, basically. <laughs> yeah. So he's the shortest Dutchman in in existence. Yeah, basically. yeah. So uh, that's why he uh, gained this uh, this nickname. I had a list of all the places that he uh, that he coached. Yeah. We're not then. reading that. We'll yeah, but it's a very hours. long list. Yeah. Uh, but he was also he, he was coach at uh, Rangers in Scotland for a yeah. while for for about three for or four, four years. years. He also four years. Scottish connection. The Scottish connection, and he was there at Rangers at the time uh, when uh, Rangers were had some very interesting ways of paying their players that led to them actually being relegated out of the league and uh, put out of business. Sounds like something. <laughs> <And> <laughs> yes, yeah, so he also went on to Zenit St. Petersburg uh, in Russia, where I think again the financial arrangements were somewhat creative. <laughs> he also uh, managed the um, the Russian national team. He did, and the yes. Belgian national team, wow. the South Korean national team. He really gets around. United uh, Arab Emirates He's national picked team. Picked up a lot of paychecks and I think a lot of uh, sort of um, uh, redundancy packages along his, yeah. throughout his career exactly yes. so when you coach so many teams eventually you will become the most successful <laughs> yeah. one because of yes. statistical, statistical reasons. reasons yeah but he is actually statistically the most successful manager of the Dutch national team he's won more games than any other Dutch oh, national really? team manager hmm. yeah so all right what's next oh I know this one Ooh, too now this is a I don't actually know this one I do no. I do, I do. Um, but it's something, is it, well, I'm going to try and guess then. Okay. Uh, something to do with uh, uh, the Golden Age. Yes. Um, yes. And it's, well, it's, it's a trunk, would you yes. say that as well? It's a metal trunk. No. It's, no. No, it's not. It's, it's a wooden, wooden trunk. trunk. It's a wooden yeah. trunk. And it's trans. So it's used to transport spices? No. 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 Well, um, spice. Is it a trunk that a person was stored in? Yes. Ah, is it a Hugo de Groots? Yes. Uh, escape uh, trunk. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Do you want yeah. to tell the Hugo de Groots story? <laughs> Hugo de Groots story, as much as I know it, you'll probably know it better than me, so you have to correct me. But Hugo de Groots, who was. Um, he, he was a lawyer. He was a very famous lawyer and legal scholar. Yeah. Uh, among other things, he devised what we still what is still the basis of maritime law. In the yes. Yes. and international law. International yeah. law and the three mile limit that all yeah. came from the code. Basically, because well, that's not, uh, uh, I read about this, that's not entirely true. Okay. These were already customs that were sort of uh, agreed on. They were uh, written into law, but, but yeah. he wrote them into yeah. law. So. And do, do, do we know why he did this? Basically, the, the, no. the Dutch plundered a Portuguese ship called the Sintant <laughs> Catarina. They really did. They did. Basically, the, the, the Dutch navy who were the, the, this time the Portugal was quite a big colonial power yeah. and the Dutch were kind of more up and coming new kids on the block they basically <laughs> targeted this Portugal ship which was laden down with gold they plundered it they brought it into the harbour in Amsterdam they had a big auction they sold it and of course the Portuguese were absolutely outraged they said you can't do this this is piracy we demand to have our money back and they actually hired Hugo de Groot to write a new law of the sea that excused what the Dutch had done he, he, wrote, he wrote it for the, for the Portuguese no no no, no he, he wrote, wrote it for, for the, the Dutch and oh, he had to defend the, the Dutch against the Portuguese ah, accusations okay, okay, of piracy okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Good, good, good. And that's and how we got the Maritime Law of the Sea, basically because of Dutch pirates. <laughs> yeah. so and cool. and that was the start of the Portuguese decline as a colonial power and the rise of the Netherlands. Ooh, well, so. thank you, Hugo de Groot, for yeah. lawyering your, uh, our reign to slavery. <laughs> but <laughs> he was later imprisoned, and he was quite a, an active scholar and reader, and so his supporters would bring him books in prison in this chest, and then one day he uh, stuck himself in the chest and snuck mm-hmm. out. Yeah, yeah. And, and he did it very, very smartly because... Uh, he was he was um, imprisoned in Slot Louverstein yeah. mm-hmm. in Brabant, and indeed because he was a scholar and a brilliant mind, he just requested all these books, and uh, so they brought in every week or every I don't know which uh, how how regularly yeah. they did it. Yeah. So these guards they would always check the the chest uh, thoroughly, but you know as as you do this and mm-hmm. if you don't find anything, you get lazier and lazier and sloppier so at, at one point he just decided to step in there yeah. himself yeah. and he managed to escape to to france yes. mm-hmm. but 
there is some controversy about this chest mm. because uh, this is the chest that's in the Rijksmuseum. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But but Slot Loeverstein also has a chest from uh. which they claim <laughs> is the actual chest. Uh. So there are two chests. There are two, two rival chests. chests. Two rival yes. chests. I yeah. love it. Uh, yes. That's Excellent. a great, great little <laughs> All right. And next. Gerda Smit on television with a plant behind <laughs> in a very Dutch looking living room <laughs> it uh, is who uh, Gerda Smit who could Gerda Smit be know, she like from the she's 80s, someone's right? mother the 80s. is it Mabel Visser Smit no no <laughs> oh, that's a shame John Jacob Jingleheimer Smit <laughs> <laughs> no well you're close no it's the mother of Jan Smit ah, the singer from the singer. there's only one place where singers from the Netherlands come from Volendam Volendam yes. yeah <laughs> And he uh, had a relationship with Jolante Cabau van Kasperge. You can describe her basically as the uh, Kim Kardashian of the Netherlands. Right. So they were basically like the, the celebrity couple of the Netherlands mm-hmm. until she was spotted in a parking garage kissing another guy Ooh. who happened Ooh. to be Wesley Snyder. Ah. Um, ah. So they broke up, Jan Smit and uh, Jolante. They have been mm. living together for a couple of years now. Um, and uh, she moving out, it was uh, broadcast live on television as the uh, uh, moving lorry uh, pulled wow. over. Wow. Is this the Dutch O.J. Simpson moment? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so uh, she moved out and a week later, um, Jan Smit's mother gave an interview to yeah. uh, one of the tabloid uh, programs that uh, we have in the Netherlands. Yeah. Uh, in which she complained about Jolanta because as she moved out, she didn't say, uh, or she claims she didn't take all her stuff, but mm. also all of Jan Smit's stuff. <laughs> oh. Ah. And she started to list in this interview all the <laughs> items that Jolanta <laughs> took. She started with a kitchen roll, mm. a blender, <laughs> uh, how do you, a lemon squeezer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, silk flowers worth 2,000 euros. Oh, my God. Uh, Who buys silk flowers for 2,000 euros? This woman. Uh, LCD screens. Okay. Uh, antique furniture. Yeah. Uh, plates, like what you use uh, on, a, on a table, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, also a chest uh, to u- right. use for blankets. Right. Right. Blanket chest, is that a word in, yeah. in English? Blanket chest, yeah. It was who got a coat in it. <laughs> no, no. Yolanta was in there. Um, <laughs> etageres, uh, uh, candlesticks. Uh, she, she listed them all, including something that I never heard of and I still don't know what it is. Guest towels. Right. Oh, yes. Yolanta yes. took 10 of them. She took okay. 10. So yeah. I would, that would scandalizing. I yeah. would be very annoyed if someone took my guest towels. I don't, I don't have guest towels. Of course not. <laughs> and she, uh, she said the, the famous words, alles is weg. Ah. Yes. But in this very thick Volendam accent. Okay. Yeah. So whenever you say alles is weg to a Dutch person, they will mm. immediately know everything is gone. Everything That's is gone. That means uh, they will know what that is You're about. Talking about this, is, this is, this this is, is one, one of the most iconic TV moments right. ever, I think. So, the last one. Okay, this is a... Uh, is uh, society Not Society No, no, it's, no it's not. It's, it's, is it, uh, it's nothing to do with Capsalon, is it? Yes, yes. It's a Frikandel, Frikandel Brugge. Wow. The, uh, it's like a sort of combination of a sausage roll and 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 a road accident. It's a question basically, of yes. meat <laughs> of questionable origin <laughs> in a tube-shaped form wrapped up into a pastry. Yeah, yes. with ketchup spilling out so it looks no, like it's bleeding. Curry. Curry. Curry, curry sauce. sauce. Sorry, yeah. curry sauce. Yeah. Have you ever had one? No. No, I don't like Frikandel. Will you ever... No. No? no. Okay, then I know what I will bring next. <laughs> um, yeah, this is the last one. I thought let's talk about Dutch cuisine. Yes, mm. and Dutch fast food. And Dutch fast food. Yeah. I think Very this is underrated, the... I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think Dutch snack bar food is extremely underrated. I would agree with that, actually. Yeah. But I think that's the only food we have. 
It oh no, yeah, yeah, you have to stomp on Pebble, of course. Stompot, of course, and like Hotspot and stuff. But also the Dutch do very good sweet pastries as well, which I also feel Dutch is bakery under- is Dutch really, bakery really, is really underrated. Good. Yeah. yeah, but I think the most underrated and underappreciated food cuisine in this country is the snack bar snack right. bars are delicious you should find and befriend the people that work at your local <laughs> snack bar yes what's your favorite snack at the snack bar um i like a bommy hop or a cassoufle cassoufles are terrible cassoufles are delicious but i i agree with you on the, the bommy hop, hop uh... do you want to explain what a bommy hop is Paul? Oh yeah, uh, bami is a um, Indonesian a th- word. Indonesian right? word. Mm. It's an Indonesian dish. It's yes. basically like thick uh, noodles yeah. with uh, mm. fried noodles yeah. with um, sauce and meat and vegetables spices. and spices. Yeah. So if you <laughs> compact them, <laughs> if you basically put them into like a hockey puck shape, yeah, and then coat it in a coating and then deep fry it, that is a bami hop. <laughs> yes. Mm. And it's delicious. Yeah, it is delicious. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you also have the nasi uh, schrijf. Yes, which yeah. is the the rice version of yeah. this. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Do it? you have a favorite snack? Uh, yeah, my favorite snack is a uh, granola croquette. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah they're also lovely. Yeah, prawn yes. croquettes. Prawn croquettes. Lovely. Do you yeah. have a with with one? chips. Yeah. Oh yeah, with chips. Chips. Oh, yeah. Are yeah. Sure. With chips with, may- with mayonnaise mm. and. Um, oh, so our and ketchup. local snack and ketchup. bar does uh, homemade stoffles, so you can do patat stoffles there. Oh, lovely. Oh, it's so good. Right. Do you have a favorite one, Paul? Uh, yeah, I'll I'll always use uh, I always take the viandel, mm, mm. okay, which is also sort of um, like a fricandelle, but yeah. uh, with a more uh, a thicker uh, crust. Yes. Okay, so it's nicer. Can I say something deeply shocking at this point? I have never had capsulon. What? <laughs> Get out! <laughs> I've I had been a, five years. You I've have still to have a capsulon. capsulon. It's yeah. the national food of the Netherlands. I know. Yeah. It is. I, I, I feel so, ashamed. Yeah. I feel yeah, inadequate. You, sh- you should definitely get one very soon. Yeah, you yeah. should. They're so tasty. Yeah. You have to have a few drinks first. That's really the optimal time to have a capsulon. Yeah. Well, it is, yeah, it's, it's like kebabs in yeah, the UK. It's like a drunk. You have to be. You have to be slightly yeah, drunk. It's, it's, it's what you have at the end of the night when yeah. you, you just roll into the fast food. When you food actually bowl. shouldn't eat anything. You shouldn't, anything. You shouldn't eat anything at all, yeah. but you're really hungry, and yeah. that's what you order. Yes. Exactly. Um, yeah, I don't have those right. kind of nights out anymore, so that's why I haven't eaten capsulon. <laughs> <laughs> we just have to do some day drinking and then go to the, the place on the corner. That's the thing. So these that's are your it. ten images of Dutch canon that everyone should know, Paul. Is that well? Your... I could I, I I could continue for a very long time. Yes. Mm-hmm. But I mean, we already recorded a lot of. Uh, yeah, we've it's recorded a, a long time. Very long time. That's true. Uh, but these are I just picked them to in order to let you suffer the most. That's true. Yeah. We did, there yeah. was a we, we did suffer quite a bit, but not as much as I'd anticipated. No. I knew more than honest. I expected to. Yeah, me, me too. too. Yeah. Me too. So you did a very good job. Yeah. So uh, have we passed our inbuching? Yes. Can we get our passports? Because I really need one. <laughs> <laughs> Before I October like the thirty first, yeah, yeah. I will, I will, I will call the NID myself, and we, we will, we will we'll work it. something out. Thank we will you. work something out. Well, first Gordon has to have a capsule on, then yes. he can have a capsule. Those okay. are the rules, right? That's fair. You enough. will have to eat them in front of an NID. Uh, <laughs> you just yeah, sit there. I have to sit there at a formica table yeah. in, in the NID <laughs> yes. in, a, in, in a windowless in, room in with, with two with two guards watching on. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Bring the bonnet chair. So uh, that is the uh, that, that is our, our special uh, special yes. episode. Yes, thank you once again to our patrons um, yes. for, who are listening to this, and you are the only people listening to this. Yes, because it's a special Patreon yeah. only edition. Thanks. So, so I hope you feel special. Yes, yes. please feel special. You're very special to us. And uh, we will be back after the summer's over. Yes, so we're back in the first week of September. Yes, when the schools are back, and yeah. that means I can get down here again. And you can you're, you're not bringing your children. I'm not along. bringing my children <laughs> along anymore. No, are upsetting. Truly, they're, they're, they're not uh, driving your school. Have a good summer holiday, no, 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 everybody. No. Yes. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.